Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. The Brewing Network Sunday session is brought to you by the badasses at More Beer. Visit them at morebeer.com. Great beer is about drinkability. Doesn't matter the style. You guys are like walking beer Wikipedia. That's the first time that you've ever accepted me as a person. Or you have a fermentation in your gut. I'm jet propelled at all times. (laughs) How many guys do you think that you have the privilege to slap? Somebody who's never tasted a commercial example. And this is how you know everything about this beer? Please, you don't. I think it's bullshit. (laughs) I think it's bullshit, too. Wow. Are you guys going to arm wrestle? No. No. We're going to teabag fight. You heard of Junkyard Wars? Can I get another high five, Beavis? (laughs) Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. All right, good evening, Hop Grenade. My name's Justin Crosley. I'm the host of The Session, which is a show on the Brewing Network. The Brewing Network started this whole hop grenade situation, and uh, now we do a live show out of here uh, about once a month uh, so we can feature some uh, local people and some people from all over Colorado and, and talk beer. So thanks for joining us, and uh, thanks for joining us, folks at home. we got a lot to do tonight. Uh, tonight's program is brought to you by More Beer, uh, the greatest homebrew shop on earth in my opinion you can go to morebeer.com and check them out they bring you uh, this session and every session that we do so if you're a home brewer um, or even getting into pro brewing go talk to the guys at more beer so every now and then i like to bring in uh some of the people that we work with especially uh, at our new place here at the hop grenade so i can ridicule them and uh so that our listeners can learn a bit about the people that work at the hop grenade so tonight with us we're going to be speaking with annie we're going to get to know annie a little bit hi annie hello thanks hello, for being everyone. on the show with me 
Of course. I, I appreciate it. Uh, so you, you get to not work for a few minutes. So right. That's, I'm still getting paid, though. That's so. right. You're still getting paid. That's how I like to do things, not work and get paid. <laughs> exactly. So you're following in my footsteps already. Sweet. Um, well, welcome to the program, Annie. Thank and you. uh, you've been uh, with us here at the Hot Grenade since we opened. Yep, since the very beginning. Are you a native Fort Collins girl? No, so I grew up in Longmont. Okay. Um, and then I moved here to go to school. I see. Mm-hmm. Did you go to CSU here? Yep, I'm still there right now. You are? Mm-hmm. What are you studying? Health and exercise science. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Annie's like our resident uh, health nut. She makes us all feel bad about ourselves. <laughs> uh, she's got I, don't, I don't put it on you, though, right? You <laughs> don't. We just all know that you have larger muscles than us and that you're going to live longer. Um, you know. Unless I keep drinking beer, though. True. I don't know about that. And really, the live longer thing, the bar is kind of low in the beer industry, I feel like. We're, we're, all, we're all a little outdated. We're all a little older than we actually are. <laughs> so um, I was, I don't know, I, I kind of want a little dig on, on the hop grenade and the staff here. How do you like working for our GM, Tim? How's he doing? Oh, he's awesome. I yeah. love Tim. Um, just such a great environment to come into work. Like I'm never like upset if I have to cover someone's shift. Cause I'm like, well, I enjoy working here. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. He's very, he's got a lot of energy though. It's kind of annoying sometimes. He does. Think? He likes to sing a lot. He does rap. sing a lot. <laughs> yeah. He runs around the tap room a lot. He sings a lot. He's he very is. upbeat. He is. Tim. Not a dull moment with him. Yeah. I'm waiting to catch him on a bad day. I don't think I've seen him have a bad day yet. I don't think I have either. Okay. So uh, recently, we had our first uh, Hop Grenade Fort Collins holiday party. We did. <laughs> yeah, we like to throw parties at the Brewing Network and the Hop Grenade. So we had our first one. And we're kind of a small staff here, so mm-hmm. it wasn't a whole bunch of people. Um, but we started here at the Hop Grenade and had a few beers. And then we ended up at the, uh, what's it called, the Barrel House? Jessup Farm. Jessup Farm mm-hmm. Barrel House. That's right. Yep. Uh, great beer there. And then we went to see our friends at, at Tap and Handle, and that's where shit started to get weird. <laughs> I feel like I wasn't there for the whole time. So, but you did make it to the tap and handle. I did. I did. Yeah. I wanted to stay the whole time. So this is a thing that I've noticed about staff. Um, and I'll tell you a little bit about our party we had this year in Concord Mm because we had it just before I came here and then our party here. Um, not everybody makes it to the end because no one ever really knows when the end is going to be. So you made it to the second to last stop, oh. <laughs> right? Because you left at, from Tap and Handle? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you have school or, the next day or something? Yeah, I had a class at 9 a.m. Okay. So. And you were, I mean, you were sober. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that didn't go for everybody. It's worth noting. I heard. <laughs> like one of our guys, our, our cook, was asleep in the booth by Tap and Handle. Uh, so I don't know if you started the party before the party started, but we had to get, so we kind of, we, I thought we were Ubering him home, mm-hmm. but we Ubered him back to the hop grenade cause he had things here. And then I guess he Ubered, you know, from here. And I heard a rumor that he threw up in our urinal. I heard that rumor too. I mean, who does? Okay. Now throwing up's one thing, like it happens, especially at a, and I'm a little proud of the guy for, you know, our first holiday party goes all out you know, throws up, but you, you couldn't make it two stalls over to the toilet. <laughs> what happened there? At least he didn't projectile vomit. He didn't. He yeah. kept it all in one. Uh, maybe he did. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Who had to clean it up? I assume he didn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to get to the bottom of that. We will. And uh, he might have to be punished in some way for uh, making someone else clean up his mess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so we, we went to some other bar, um, trying to remember now because i wasn't so trailhead does that sound right does that is that a name of a bar okay so then we went to trailhead and from there and here's where where the concord party comes in and, and our party comes in uh my concord staff all kind of 
uh, pushed out on me this year for the after party. Now, in their defense, I never really announce when there's an after party. They're mm-hmm. just sort of organic. You see how everybody's doing. Here in, so everybody went home at the, in Concord, and I ended up just partying with uh, the owner of the Rare Barrel in Berkeley, Great Brewery. That's where we had our party. Yeah. The guy was feeding me beer till 6 in the morning. I assume we only left then because I had to open the, the brewery. <laughs> uh, but the rest of my staff went home. Well, here in Fort Collins, get to the end of the night at that trailhead, and I said, all right, guys, well, everybody's okay. You're going home. And they all said, no, we're going to your house now. So a very comfortable group here invited themselves back to my house, <laughs> which I'm fine with. And uh, so with a few of you anyway, we stayed there till five in the morning. So it's probably a good thing you went home. Probably. Maybe you, I should have stayed, though. You never know. You might not have functioned very well at school the next day, <laughs> especially with your, with your degree. I mean, I assume you would have had to do something physical the next day. No, um, there's only some classes where you have to like actually be involved like physically, but most of the classes I'm taking now are lectures. Okay. What do you intend to do with your degree? What do you think? Um, I'm not quite sure yet. Um, I'm still like thinking about it. Um, I'm planning on like once I graduate, I'll probably just start personal training and go from there. Are you like a professional kickboxer or something? Um, I'm coaching boxing right now. I've done just boxing, regular boxing. Just okay. regular boxing. I have done kickboxing before. But you're coaching it. You're not. Do- mm-hmm. You're so you're a. Holy, see, we all knew you can kick our ass. <laughs> you're actually. How long have you been doing boxing? Boxing, I've been doing for six years. Okay. So I started in high school. Got it. How, what mm-hmm. got you into that? Um, one of my friends, he actually owns the boxing gym I started with. Okay. Him and his dad own it, and I just checked it out one day and really enjoyed it. So. You ever come out of there like with a mean black eye? No. No. <laughs> because you kick ass or because that doesn't happen? Both. Okay. <laughs> you got to wear like the, the headgear and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's so. only if you're sparring someone. I mostly do it kind of to stay fit and because I enjoy it. But okay. I am kind of wanting to do a fight, but oh, yeah. I have to like graduate first. Okay. We'll see where that goes. Because you don't want to get dismembered and then not be able to fight. Something like to, that. I'm hoping I wouldn't get dismembered. Like right. I would be better than that. <laughs> I'll tell you what. We will all show up at your fight if you Sweet. do a fight. That would be cool. We'll yes. make a big hop grenade event out of it. I'm, I would love that. Maybe we'll just put a rink right here in so that we don't have to close the bar or anything. We'll oh, yeah, just, we'll totally. Just make we a can set, out of it. set something up over here. We'll get the furniture out of here and just put a boxing rink right. I think it might fit right here in the studio. Mm-hmm. I could do that. That would be awesome. <laughs> I would like these things. Our insurance company, my partner, is probably not so much. Yeah, probably not. But that, that's for you to deal with. That's right. <laughs> and uh, I'll just do it and not tell anybody. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're happy to have you with us. Um, and I wish you luck in your studies. Thank you. And then, um, yeah, like I said, you're going to live longer than all of us. So good luck with that. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'll carry on the business. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't leave yet because I wanted you to taste some beer with us too. Cool. Uh, our first guest, I guess our second guest uh, tonight is Adam the Instigator. And he's from uh, a program here in Colorado uh, that I think he started. Come on over. Um, called the Beer Fight Club. Uh, so we're going to learn all about that. It's a, you know, I know a little bit about it, and, and I love the concept. Uh, so we're going to, and I think we're going to end up having an event here uh, at, at the Hop Grenade. So look, already in, in the first five minutes of the show, we're going to have a boxing match in, at the Hop Grenade, and then eventually the Beer Fight Club. And I'm so. going to win that belt. Brilliant. <laughs> that's, that's the belt. <laughs> that's I'm, your I'm belt sure. right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to the show, Adam. Hey, thanks for having me. So as you probably get this all the time, but, you know, I've been promoting the Beer Fight Club on the Brewing Network and uh, because I'm excited about it, and I think it's a cool thing you're doing. 
and of course, every time I start doing it, everyone says to me, oh, you're, you're already breaking the first rule of Fight Club because I'm talking about it. Yeah. Uh, do you get this all the time where you guys are trying to promote this yeah. event and everyone tells you you're breaking the first rule? It, it's kind of like, so my first name's Adam, right? And yeah. so when I was growing up in school, people would go, Adam, you know, where's Eve? Right. And that's funny the first thousand times too. Sure. Right? Yeah. Then you turn so seven. It's kind of getting to that. Like, yeah, yeah, well, I know. But that, the whole point of the funny part of Beer Fight or Fight Club, the movie, is everyone talked about it, right? Yes, right. You're not supposed to when everyone talked about it, so it spreads like wire fire. And, and this is the same way. It's, you know, we've certainly tried to promote it, but at the end of the day, this thing's going to be successful or not successful yeah. because people go out and talk about it because they loved their time. They had a great time. They, they enjoyed their experience. Sure. And uh, so that's what we try and create is something that people want to talk about, even though you're exactly right. They, they definitely shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just heard it during a couple of shows. And I'm already annoyed by the statement. I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do here? I'm trying to talk about an event that we're going to. Right, right, right. So you're just about to end your first, I don't know if you call it a season or first series. Um, yeah. and so tell us though, how you got started. What, what where's the idea and, and what is the concept exactly? Yeah, that's a, uh, that's a great question. So, we started Beer Fight Club really to celebrate Colorado and craft beer. Okay. Uh, we have such a great, uh, just a craft beer scene here in Colorado, and, and California is great as well, to yeah. be fair. Um, but we hold the Great American Beer Fest here yeah. in Colorado, and it seems like more and more Colorado kind of gets snubbed. <laughs> and so we wanted to kind of bring attention to how great, you know, 350 different breweries in this state, and they're all unique, creative, and their culture is so cool. And we just want to bring more attention to that. Sure. And we wanted to do it through a healthy bit of competition that kind of pits breweries against each other. Uh, so we started with really four regional competitions. Okay. Uh, and we've had eight breweries at each one of those. Wow. Uh, we've gone through round by round. And the way it works, it's truly taster to taster. So it's they're unlimited drinking events. So by the end, it's always like an amazing shit show. Right? Excellent. But um, so yeah, people will go through and they'll taste beer A because it's a blind beer competition they'll go okay i like that they'll taste beer b and they're head to head and then they'll have to make a decision which one they like better they pull out their phones they vote on their mobile device so it's it's all kind of blind ballot okay Uh, they click on a and that's their vote for round one then they'll go to round two click whatever they like between c and d so on and so forth Uh, after round one you'll have four breweries left four will get eliminated and they'll be reshuffled They'll go head-to-head, and then you'll have two left in the championship, and then you'll have a champion for the evening. Got it. Uh, In those first four regionals, we've had regional champions. Okay. But now, this championship that we're going to have on February 3rd at Fandraft, and you can go to www.beerfightclub.com to buy tickets. I'm sorry I had to throw out there. No, of course. Uh, So that one is all the winners and the runners-up from the four regionals. I see. And they will go head-to-head for what we're calling our, our first real champion. And they'll take this belt home and yes. put it above their bar. And it has all their victims, so all the different breweries that are, have been a part of this. And, and it's a leap of faith. I mean, you go to somebody and you say, yeah, we'd love you to be a part of this blind beer tasting competition called Beer Fight Club. What do you think? Yeah. And half of them look at you and they go... We're not supposed to talk about Beer Fight Club. <laughs> right? Of course. <laughs> and they all say that. But but then the other half go, well, yeah, tell me more. What's this really about? And you start getting into what it is, and, and they, they jump on board. And we've had a blast with these breweries, and 32 different breweries now have been a part of that. And uh, I think everyone has left going, 
we do a lot of beer fests, but yeah. this is the funnest thing that we do, and we'll do anything you guys want, and we want to be a part of it. So, Yeah, see, I would think that's how it goes. Anytime you bring up a new concept, uh, people are a little leery. They want to see what the hell For you're sure. talking about. For sure. But ultimately, it's a people's choice uh, type of event. You're just putting this unique twist on it. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to talk more about the, the kind of the fun things that you do at the events, and, and then we'll talk more about the final. Great. Before we do that, though, you brought us some of your homebrew. Yeah. Should we try that? Yeah. I want you guys to just rip this up. Um, <laughs> tell us what it is. Yeah. While you're kind of doing that, I'll, I'll tell you about it. So this is literally beer number four from the Shell Brew House. Um, and I know you guys, the Brewing Network, I figured I'll bring something and we'll, we'll try it. Uh, keep in mind, this is a Christmas beer that I brewed on a Tuesday. Like, oh, it's Tuesday. Let's put something together. And so I... I share it with everybody else? Yeah, of course. I had never heard of this, and so I brewed a chocolate peppermint stout. So it's kind of that Christmas uh, dark. It's not really a warmer. It's not huge on the ABV. Uh, but my hopes were that it would taste like a stout, and you would be able to taste a little chocolate and hopefully on the end a little bit of peppermint, and uh, this is what we've ended up with. So it's been in the growler all day. Hopefully it, it stood up, though. Well, it was cold when I got here, and, yeah. it, and it hissed when I opened the cap. Oh, that's so a good scene. Cheers. That's good. Thanks for sharing. For sure. And it, so this is your fourth beer? Fourth beer ever, yeah. Okay. And how long have you been homebrewing? Is it just a like, year or so? Or? Yeah, about a year. Okay. I figured if I was going to get into the craft beer world, I should probably know something about it. Yeah. And I'm one of those idiots who goes, oh, I'll learn something about it. I could have just read uh, like a book sure. or, or watched one of your programs. To be brewing fair. Sure. <laughs> but no, I had to spend $1,200 yeah. on brewing equipment and right. brew the most expensive beer in the world that yeah. I hated. The first one was the worst. Uh, well, you sound like every home brewer we've ever had on the show. That's how it goes. We all dive in head first and buy too much gear. Uh, but it's such a fun hobby that... It, it, it just doesn't matter. Uh, I'm just going to start by saying I would like to rip this apart, but it is an excellent fourth beer. Really? Yeah. I I'm think it's really nice. Pleasantly surprised with that uh, review. Well, I think your fermentation is pretty clean, mm -hmm. and that, of course, is the hardest part. It's probably why your first beer sucked. Yeah, so there's a lot of reasons the first beer sucked. I, I put 16 ounces of hops in, um, you know. <laughs> tiny little <laughs> little uh, sixth of beer, and that didn't help. Okay. So it was way too, way too hoppy. And it was like all in the front end, so it was this huge, like, oh, yeah. <sighs> blast you in the face. Yeah. Um, but I, I, have a, I have to take, uh, give a little credit. I have a, a friend, Brian Lopez, and uh, he is like the cleanliness master. And uh, the first beer I ever brewed was with him, not my first beer, but with him. And uh, the standards that he set, I've tried to carry on, and so I've, I felt good about that part, if nothing else, that the, the cleanliness has been there, sterilization, uh, knowing what to do when is there, the, the process, and then it's just a matter of can I create something that's worth a damn to drink. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, what do you think, Annie? Do you like the beer? I think it tastes good. So this, go you ahead. Like, you can definitely smell the peppermint, like, more, and then you definitely taste the chocolate, I feel like, mm. more when you drink it. Agreed. That's, that's, for me, the hardest thing to pull out was that peppermint, and I added some, just uh, some extract, but then also toward the end, I did a secondary where I melted down Andy's chocolate mints and put them in there as well. Got it. Uh, and that was cool. It definitely gave it a chocolatey kick. The mint didn't come out like I'd want it to. It didn't. I see. Yeah. Yeah, because now you've got a good balance. It, it actually kind of tastes like a junior mint. I feel mm. like I'm at the movies right now and with a box of Junior Mints. <laughs> yeah, watching Goonies or something. Yeah. What's the, uh, what's the ABV on it? Do you know? This is also the part of brewing that I suck at is the whole ABV thing. Measuring if, afterward? If, yeah. Well, before, after, middle, the yeah. whole thing. 
I'm going to say with some confidence, I'm pl- someplace between three and seven. Okay. Yeah. But I feel like I'm, I'm pretty close to right around five. But it, it could be a little stronger, a little less. I did add sugar at times. You know, with the, man- the Andy's chocolate mints, you're going to add sure. some sugars. And there were still some active yeast in there. So could have bumped it up a little bit. Got it. You're like my homebrewing doppelganger. I never know any of the numbers. <laughs> I'm horrible at Dude, it. Let's do it together. Let's, we'll get hammer drunk and we'll yeah. create something awesome. I, I doubt it'll be awesome, but we, it'll be a fun day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to me, I, I sort of went backwards. The best beer I ever brewed was my first beer. And it just went downhill from there because it was just dumb luck. I didn't, you know, I, I literally just dumb luck. And I ended right. up with this great little pale ale or something. And I've been trying to do it ever since. That was 13 years ago. Happy <laughs> so. accidents are the best. Yeah. And this maybe for me is a little bit of a happy accident. I had no idea. I just started brewing. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a nice beer. And Thanks. there is enough alcohol content in there. Uh, to cover the sweetness. Uh, if I were to say anything about it, I would actually want it to be a little bit stronger, a little more alcohol heat, yeah. because that would cut through uh, some of the, the sweetness too. I don't know how it would affect the, the peppermint then, though, also. Um, I'd probably bring that out maybe a little bit, because it's spicy and the, it, yeah. it probably would. I, I agree. I think if you, you know, the style of beer, you'd probably want it to be more of a, a warmer, you know, you'd probably want it to be a little higher. I yeah. Agree. Exactly. And then, yeah. like I said, it would just sort of balance it out. Uh, it does stay on the palate a little sweet in the end, um, so it might it might help with that. But cool. overall, it's a great Thank uh, you. fourth beer. Do you uh, do bottle or keg? Or I keg. Right to get, keg. Oh, yeah. So you you did you went right out and bought all yeah, the Yeah, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again. And the other, the other advice I got from another buddy was like, don't bottle. You know, I've, uh, he's made uh, uh, bottle grenades several times. Okay. You know, just they just explode. Yeah, my second batch was that. Yeah, and so I don't want that. I don't want shrapnel. I more want just beer that yeah. I can drink. And so <laughs> the kicking. Yeah, on one of our early shows after my my, my, my home brewing was almost simultaneous with the Brewing Network. A girlfriend of mine had, I was already in the craft beer, and, and she had bought me a, a homebrew kit, the kind that you do on the stove. Right, right. And I bottled, and I got so into it that I I started the brewing network almost directly afterward. I was already doing some internet radio and it wasn't really working and I wanted this niche to do and, yes. and home brewing was it. So anyhow, a lot of our early shows follow my uh, failures in, in home brewing so that other people can learn. And after the bottle bomb experience, um, my highest recommendation was actually to just go straight to kegging. And it wasn't just, you know, you cannot have bottle bombs if you're, if you're not if you actually measure and you're not quite right. like me, right? Right. But <clears throat> the other reasons was it's just, um, it's, it's so much more convenient. Like bottling is a pain in the ass too. It, it takes a lot longer. Whereas transferring from a, a carboy or whatever fermenter you're using um, into a keg is simple. Yeah. And cleaner. Yeah. Uh, so there was less chance for contamination. So to this day, we still kind of tell people like, if you're already into beer, I mean, maybe don't go buy the, the full kegging system on your first batch. But if you like your first batch and you know you're going to keep brewing, just bite the bullet and, yeah. and do it straight away. Well, there's a huge secondary market for all the equipment sure. that I've now learned about after the fact. Yeah. I probably could have spent half and got just the same amount of equipment. It's true. And yeah. people don't do it as much now because there's so much cool equipment out there. But you could build all your own stuff, too. Yeah. A lot of people do that. Um, so, yeah, this is nice. What did you ferment in? A glass carboy or yeah. a bucket? Or glass carboy? Yeah, that's exactly okay. right. Yeah, and then I did transfer to secondary, uh, but it was still carboy. And, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, real oh, simple. So you made all the right moves. No, I think so. I mean, I, again, I have a buddy who's he's brewed a 
for probably 10 years. He's got a lot of experience, and he uh, actually brewing my second beer. He, like, walked out of the process. Like, I, I, you don't even know what you're doing. He just walked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I, I guess he's done. And it still turned out really good. Right. But his standards are here. Yeah. And mine are trying to get there. I really am. But you do one thing, and he's like, no, he's out. Right. Plus, you're just enjoying it, too. But I've met a lot of brewers like that. People can't brew with me because I'm a yeah. mess. I feel like me you and Annie should brew one day and because Annie seems smarter than the two of us. And she could probably figure out what we're screwing up. She'll at least keep an eye on the clock, saying you're supposed to do something at 40 minutes. Uh, right. Maybe stop drinking and do that. Uh, yeah. And maybe remember to measure your gravity at the end of the brew day. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've never brewed beer before. You haven't? So. Dude, okay. here we go. We've got, we've got a, a brewing session building right here. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I'm down for it. <laughs> All right. Well, Annie, get your ass back to work, please. All right. Aww. But thank you so much for being on the program with us. Of course. Thank um, you. Annie, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah. Clap. Yeah. Yeah. Clap. <laughs> clap. Absolutely. <laughs> so I do want to hear a little more about the Beer uh, Fight Club, of course. Um, so... How was your first event? I'm always curious. If, you know, new events are, are kind of hard to get people excited about. And you already yeah. talked about kind of the brewer response, but how was the public response to get them in the door? So the, the, the public, the brewing public is a, a fickle group for sure. Yeah. And our first one was fucking awesome. Oh, great. I'm not supposed to cuss. It's okay. Sorry. It's, it's awesome. And uh, we, we, we are fortunate that we have a great group of friends and, and support. And they all came out in droves in the yeah. first one. So our, our first one, for being our first one, we expected, oh, then maybe we'll get like 75 people out there. And we had 160 people come out and wow, vote for that first great. one, which was amazing. Yeah. And, uh, but part of it was you know, mostly friends and family and people that knew us. And so the, the key was going to be the second one and, and how that one played out. Okay. And we, uh, we had 225 people at that second event. And it was, you talk about a shit show again, I've cussed, sorry. It's okay. But th- that one was, that one was truly that it was supposed to be upstairs at uh, tap 14 downtown. If you've been yep. down there. Yeah. Uh, really cool. All they only sell Colorado beer. It's, it's fantastic. 120 beers or something on tap. And it snowed a foot because it's outside. Uh, so we couldn't do it there. Oh no. So downstairs at haters and they, they were comedy. It was really cool. I've been uh, to haters too. I'm in. Yeah. Too. Totally different scene. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so we go down there, you know, and, um, we put our crew, you know, 225 people in that little back corner. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It was yeah. standing room only. Um, we had, we had so much fun at that event. It really did turn into a, a shit show. And I hate to say, it, keep saying, but it is, um, we had brewers, and, and beer representatives that had such a good time, they couldn't identify their own beer. Oh, that's fantastic. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's blind, and they're like, we're C, right? No. Yeah. That Are you is. sure we're not, you're not C? Wow. You're something else. Yeah. And uh, so that's how much fun we had at that one. Can the brewers enter any style of beer they want, or are there parameters you set? So they can. Uh, there are some parameters. We don't want eight IPAs. Yeah. Okay. So there was an event once where we had to we had to go back to a couple of breweries and like, well, you know that you're the fifth IPA. Would you submit something different? Yeah. And they're all really cool. Like, yeah, we'll, we'll we have other great beer too, sure. and we'll do something else. So that's our big thing is we try not to have overload of one style of beer. It's difficult with the IPAs because they're they're so popular. Now, if you get the the real beer nerds in there, then you, you know you're going to get some discerning people's choice voting. Mm-hmm. But some of the general public, even if you're just getting into beer or or if you don't care too much about beer, you just know you enjoy it. Yeah. Well, then the IPA stands out almost every time. So it's you know so it's a bit difficult I would think for the brewers like, "Sure, I don't mind brewing something else cuz I'm into it." 
but are the people then going to vote for something that's not an IPA? You're exactly right. And, and we were concerned because, again, the first one, IPA won okay. uh, yeah. from River North. Uh, the second one was actually won by a pale ale, okay. similar breed, right? But that was from Bootstrap. Uh, and then the third one was won by a, an IPA. <laughs> um, and so then we, we were really worried going into the fourth one. What is this going to still be an IPA? And actually, we were pretty excited when Lone Tree won with a vanilla caramel amber. Nice. Totally different. Yeah. Um, but it really played off the other beers. And so it does become a little bit of, do you, do you want to stand out? Or right. do you want to just put your best, you know, your most popular beer in? Sure. And so we, we've ended up with a pretty cool, eclectic group of beer for this finale. Uh, some IPA, some hazy IPA. Uh, we've got a brown ale in there. We've got, um, uh, we've got some other uh, uh, ambers coming in. Uh, a fooder aged Saison. It's been uh, aged for a year. Okay. So a special beer there, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and that was always going to be interesting because... Maybe not everybody is going to love that, but people who understand beer right. are going to probably pick that one out. Sure. And they're going to go, wow, there, there's something special going on here, and they'll probably vote for that, but maybe everybody won't. It'll be interesting. Well, and it being your first season, uh, you know, I think that as Beer Fight Club evolves, those will be less of an issue. You're going to get repeat uh, fans, I think, coming out. Yeah. <clears throat> I, in my opinion, you know, it's why I'm talking about it in the Brewing Network. I think, you know, beer nerds like me and, and my listeners are into this sort of thing. And so when the room starts to fill a bit more with that, then it, it might not matter so much, right? People will just take the beer for what it is and vote for what they like. Yeah, you're right. And, and it has become more interactive. So the, the first one, um, and, and by the way, I need to give a little bit of a shout out. There's a the guy out there named Tristan Neat, and he is a friend's kid. He was the valedictorian at Legend High School, and he had a summer project, and he's like, I need to do something. Can I do this little beer rating app for you? And so he actually developed our first version of the voting. Sweet. And very cool. And so we've since gone back and said, well, we got to add stuff and change it. And he's done all that work. Oh, actually. really? Yeah. So That's uh, a gift. A, amazing kid yeah. and uh, a true talent. He's going to own all of us someday. He'll <laughs> just be telling us all what to do. Right. Um, but he could be a Steve Jobs kind of guy. That's great. Um, but some of the feedback, and I think this is what we've done well, is we've gotten feedback from our events, which is, yeah, I'd like to know a little bit more about the beer. I know I don't – I can't know – who brewed it, but can you tell me what style it's supposed to be, yeah. maybe some of the attributes. And so we've built in little buttons where you can click on it and it tells you a little bit about the beer itself. So then you can truly judge it on its merits, which is kind of where you're going, sure. rather than do I just like it versus this beer. Right. Because there's a lot more than that, right? It's, well, if I'm brewing an IPA but it doesn't taste like that, well, it's not a very good beer, right? Sure. And so now you can kind of judge it on its merits, what it's supposed to be, right. and then does it match up to the to its competitor? That and makes that sense. is the fun. And competition brewery, so we, uh, I've been going and broadcasting from the GABF for, I don't know, 13 years now, and I talk to a lot of the judges, and the same at the National Homebrew Competition. Mm -hmm. There is such a thing as, as competition brewing, where you do focus on some things that maybe you wouldn't focus on otherwise, uh, like making something stand out, right? like you said, some ingredient that just sets it apart from the rest. So um, I, I don't know if you've seen any of that yet, but like I said, as you sort of evolve, you know, and people want that belt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think the last event is a perfect example of that, which is, you know, a vanilla caramel amber winning that event mm. um, against stuff like, you know, an award-winning hazy IPA and another award-winning uh, and we had we had five medalists in our last event, you know, wow. from GABF, and this one stood out. Okay. And uh, so it was some of it. Maybe it was just a relief from all the hoppiness, and they go, "Oh man, there's this really sweet beer. I get a little catch of vanilla." Yeah. And it did play off well, and and uh, it didn't hurt that we had a, a demographic where we had a lot of women at the last event, 
And I think they enjoyed that beer more yeah. than maybe something that just punches you in the face. I want to be punched in the face. Not really, but with hops. <laughs> right. Well, we could bring Annie back. But yeah, go. yeah. No, no, no. I don't want any of that. <laughs> just with hops. No, no, no. I, I've run out of here. But um, yeah, so I, I, it is funny because it's a single night. It's a single event. And so you've got to kind of think who's going to, what's going to stand out, what's going to be popular. It's part of popularity, right? Um, but the cool thing is it's not, does this IPA fit the characteristics of a perfect IPA. Yeah. It's yeah. not. It's Does it beat the beer sitting right next to it? And that's the great thing about a People's Choice yeah. Award. Yeah. It really is. Yeah, that's for sure. So what is the other nature of the competition? Because it sounds like it's not just the beer. The brewers are on hand. And, mm-hmm. and are, are they there talking shit? I mean, what happens? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's funny. We... we we certainly like to have some fun and, and pit the brewers against each other a little bit. And so we do – it, it kind of is like going to a UFC fight, if you've ever been to one at all. Just we seen have, them on TV. Yeah, so we, we announce the brewers. We, we bring them in, you know, coming out of Littleton, nice. featuring, you know, this kind of beer or whatever. And we will give a little bit of history about them. And then they'll come out and people will go crazy. We'll play some walkout music and they'll do the, like, the, the fight thing or whatever. Love it. Uh, we'll bring them all out that way. And then they're there for people to interact with, which is really cool because – you're not talking to, in most cases, you're, you're talking to the owner of the brewery or a head brewer or right. someone who has deeper knowledge than somebody who maybe just works there. Not that that's a bad thing. Sure. Um, but you're talking about somebody who was representing that brewery, and, and it's, it's a fun interaction that I don't think the brewers get all the time. Right. And certainly the people going to a beer fest don't get that all the time. Sure. And so that part is pretty fun. It is, it's communal. It's, it's all in good fun. And do they kind of explain, each of them explains the beer that they've presented? They can't. Because it's blind, so they, oh, they don't. That's right. They don't, and that's that's the one rule behind the scenes. Is that's actually know, the first rule of, of that beer is, fight club? It, it truly is. We, we've, we I give a speech before every beer fight club. I bring all the brewers together, and I'm like, listen, you know, I don't want you to cheat. I, I understand that you have friends here, but let them pick out your beer, and if they can, that's great. Yeah. But if you're letter G, for instance, don't walk around and go, G, this is a great day we're having. Don't yeah, you G yeah. think, you know, and keep saying G. Don't do that, right? Sure. Um, and, and they've been pretty good about it to be okay. fair I, I haven't seen any cheating or craziness behind the scenes right but yeah they're there and it is funny because you'll get it's such a small community so you'll get people that have brewed together they've worked together now they're separate places and they're going head to head and so they build it up more than anybody else okay great. and we just kind of play off that i like it yeah i would also i mean if i was a brewer which i'll never be um yeah, I, if I couldn't describe the beer, what I would do is just trash talk all the other beers. I would I would stand there and say, like, this idiot over here, <laughs> I've known him for a while, and yeah. I guarantee you that whatever letter he is, mine is better. Like, I want a little bit of smack talking. Oh, my God. So uh, in the, the last event, we had one of the biggest tirades we've ever had. Okay. So we do pre-fight interviews on video with all the breweries beforehand, and uh, – I'm going to forget his name, Uh-oh. killing me, from Resolute. Okay. He literally named each brewer yeah. at all the other breweries and just said something horrible about each one of them. I love this. It was fantastic. It's my like, kind you know, of party. This guy is stupid. This guy you know, <laughs> doesn't know what he's doing. This person is just slow and, and whatever. It was fantastic. It fits the theme. Yeah, it was great. It was great. It was all in fun. And he was like, you know, after he's like, hey, make sure you add this. And he looked at the camera and was like, I'm just kidding. But I didn't put that in. <laughs> right. Because I just wanted it to look like. But they all know each other and, and it it was all in really good fun. And then, um, honestly, they come and they, they drink a lot of beer. So it's a lot of beer. So you think about it. It's five-ounce tasters. It's unlimited drinking. Round one is 40 ounces of beer in an hour. Okay. So this thing picks up pretty quick. Right. Which is the fun part. We, we have this thing. It's called being beer fight clubbed. Okay. Usually your first beer fight club 
is is awesome until the next day. I understand that. And yeah. then it's horrible. Yeah. Uh, and I beer fight clubbed myself last time, which was ridiculous. I don't know how <laughs> I did that. But everybody happens to them once, and they go, okay, I, now I've got limits. And they start talking about that a little bit. And yeah. And uh, if you ever get a chance, by the way, if you vote, if you go to the Beer Fight Club event and vote, read our disclaimer. Okay. Uh, because we're not responsible for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll check it out myself. You can go to BeerFightClub.com right now, BeerFightClub.com, and check it out. You can buy tickets to the main event that's happening in February. Yeah. Uh, what's the date and where? Once again? It's Super Bowl Saturday. So the day before the Super Bowl, it's a great way to prep your week. Weekend. Yeah, because you're uh, just going to sit on the couch the next day anyway. Right. Might as well have an excuse. I <laughs> actually can't do anything else. I'm immobile. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, Super Bowl Saturday at FanDraft, uh, which is – they're actually just starting to brew now. Okay. Um, but they feature all Colorado breweries, um, and, and they're kind of – we found our demographics a little bit south of town. Yeah. And JT over there, if you, if you ever want another guest, he's a great dude, good pers- personality. Okay. And uh, he's doing some pretty cool stuff for Colorado beer scene. And then his own brewery, I think, is going to be awesome when they finally get running. So Got it. Yeah. And that's just down to, to four breweries, did I hear that right, or down to two for, for the finals? So the finals is still eight. So it's oh, all the, it's all the fin- uh, finalists and runners-up from our four regional champions. I understand. Okay. So a lot of diversity in beer. You're going to get eight different beers that you can drink as much as you can drink of it. Yeah. Uh, and then, again, you vote head-to-head, and, and we'll have a, a, a true champion that'll win this belt. Very nice. Yeah. So that'll be the end of the first season. I'm excited to find out who wins. And then yeah. you'll start again, and we're talking about doing one here from the Hot Grenade. I hope we're doing more than talking about it. I'd, I'd like <laughs> to have planned out things. Yeah, we're going to do it here. We're in. We're, we're yeah. all on board. It sounds like uh, April 26th. Is that what we said? I'm trying to remember the date. It'll be in April. It's the Saturday. It's the last Saturday of the month. I think it's the 26th or 28th, one okay. of those. Yeah, exactly. Got it. And we'll feature all four count. Uh, for Collins Breweries, it's got to be regional, and I, I think that'll work because we've always wanted to get in Fort Collins because what a great craft beer scene we have up here, right? Yeah, it's going to be actually tough even to figure out which of the, I think, 26 breweries are here to bring in. Yeah. So I mean, and I've got favorites, right? But it, it's not about that. It's about people's champions. So yeah. uh, we don't discriminate, by the way, and, and you know that's something that uh, has also come out of this event, which is if a brewery who opened yesterday wants to jump into this competition – Sure. You're fine with that. That'll be fun. Is there a process more than than you guys just kind of selecting? Do people ever submit for it? So Uh, so the first one, it was the first eight that said yes. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Sounds like my first beer (laughs) festival I did. Whoever said yes was in. Yeah, we're like, oh, you're in? Oh, awesome. Yeah, 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 cool. Um, But now it it has been. We've had some some inbound interests, which is very cool. Um, But I I think part of it is is we're going to go and and see those breweries who are are being creative and want to be a part of new and interesting things. And and, and I don't know how you find them. We tend to find them through social media and stuff like that, or they reach out to us. And that's kind of how we pick our first first choosings. And then sometimes it comes down to, well, let's just grab the phone book and start calling people and see what they want to do. Got it. But yeah. All right. Well, I want to be involved in some of the Fort Collins selection here. So we'll get to work yeah, on that. That sounds great. Um, we'll get some great breweries in here. Eight every time. Is that what it Eight is? Eight every time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that sounds like we'll fill the place up with drunk people after that. I predict already <laughs> that um, our operations manager, his name's Kevin. Yeah. Uh, he, he operates both of our locations, that he will be beer fight clubbed. Uh, right. Beca- and I say that because it happens often. Mm-hmm. In fact, we just beer fight clubbed him at the holiday party. He was supposed to come into work the next day and was texting with our staff. Uh, I think his quote was, you know, they asked, are you coming in? And I, I think he said, uh, my, my confidence is high, but the probability is low. Uh, <laughs> he never made it to work. 
He texted me the following day when he was flying back to California and was cursing me because he was still hungover. Yeah. Uh, so I predict he will be our main beer fight clubbed. I've lost, I've lost time before. <laughs> Just <laughs> right. a couple of days. Like, damn, is it Sunday already? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that would be great. And, and I think this is a great – I mean, I've never been up here. This is my first time here. But what a cool place. Thank you. And if you're in Fort Collins and you haven't been here, you should definitely come check out the Hop Grenade. Great beer, great atmosphere, great people. It's, it's, I've enjoyed my time here. Good. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Go to beerfightclub.com uh, right now and check it out if you want to get tickets to the uh, final event coming up here. And then we'll keep you up to date on uh, our April event. Yeah. And, I, uh, yeah, I'll be curious to see that. Are they going to uh, – will that live at the – first winner forever or will it keep getting passed along no this will be this is a wall-mounted piece of pride that nice. someone's going to be able to throw above their brewery and say we won the first beer fight club championship ever i love it and uh i, I predict somebody might steal it someday because <laughs> it's a really cool it's a real belt metal i mean it's awesome i can't wait to give this to somebody yeah check our social media here at the hop grenade fort collins because i think we might have a photo up there of annie wearing the belt and and showing off her muscles which she she does that all the time around here just to make <laughs> us feel bad. Uh, all right, Adam, hey, the instigator. Justin, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm uh, a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm hoping that I will be back in town myself in February to go to the finals. Um, so I, I'd love to see you there. And uh, otherwise, beerfightclub.com. Go check it out, and then we'll have it here uh, at the Hop Grenade coming soon. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, the – CSU Fermentation and Technology, wait, Fermentation Science and Technology Program Associate Director. Wow. Yeah, I did that without notes. I, I know why you put me on first I, now. Uh, I can't follow that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we're going to learn all about the CSU Brewing Science Program here. So uh, stick around. It's the session live from Fort Collins, and we'll be right back. Hey, guys, what'll it be? I'm not sure. What do you recommend? A lot of people seem to like the Hefeweizen. Is that a German Hefeweizen or more of an American-style wheat beer? I'm not sure, but I can give you a taste. Okay, great. Great. The Cicerone Certification Program certifies and educates beer professionals in order to elevate the beer experience for consumers. Unfortunately, not every bar is staffed with certified beer servers who can guide their customers through a beer list. Here you go, guys. Let me know what you think of the Hefeweizen. Oh, yeah. That's definitely more of an American meat. But I can hardly tell because this beer just smells like sour butter. I wonder how long it's been since they cleaned the draft line. Yeah, and look at the bubbles on the side of the glass. It's filthy. Somebody should tell these guys about the Cicerone program. For sure. How about we head somewhere else for another beer? Your server should give beer the same respect you do. Request quality. The Cicerone Certification Program offers four levels of beer certification, in-person classes, and course books for beer professionals. Check them out at Cicerone.org. The Cicerone Certification Program. We know beer. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Check out their brand new patent-pending mash-and-boil 110-volt electric mashing and boiling unit. This compact all-stainless unit lets you mash, sparge, and boil just about anywhere that has a 110-volt plug. Double-wall construction adds to efficiency and safety, and a precise thermostat keeps temperatures where you want them. Unlike insulated buckets and converted coolers, multiple temperature 
temperature rest mashing is easy to do, all for under 300 bucks. They also feature the Mark II Work Pump, a magnetic drive high temperature pump that does the work of pumps that cost twice as much, as well as exclusive Brewer's Edge regulators and quality Keg King kegs and disconnects. Check them out today at williamsbrewing.com to bruise their vast selection. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you you have a cleaning problem, you need the five star solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800 782 7019. 800 782 7019 and get the five star treatment today. With over 20 years of experience making world-class craft beer and more than 100 gold medals in international competitions, Moylan's Brewing Company is not just a pretty face in craft beer. Just ask Brendan Moylan. What do we got here? The beer of the hour. Moylan's, gotta love that big M. It's like a sign of awesomeness. It's got an extra kick to it. Let's pour this bad boy. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Moylan's. At the end of the night when the kids are finally in bed, the wife's in bed, <laughs> nobody's bothering your ass anymore. That's Moylan's time. Moylan's is for you. Yeah! It's to help you out. Yeah. It helps me out. What? Well, because it's freaking awesome. Northern California brewed. It's brewed with love. With love? Oh, yeah. Tremendous. And it's always best where? Moylan's. you got to try it on tap at Moylan's in Novato. They're freaking awesome. Not only because I own the brewery, because I love the beer. Cheers. Boom. Kilt Lifter Scotch Ale takes big beers to a whole new level with rich malt balanced perfectly with delicate hops and now comes in four Pack tall boy cans so you can take the party on the go. Or come to the brewery, take a tour, and try any of Moylan's fresh creations right from the source. Check them out at Moylan's.com. Hey, folks, don't forget about Great Fermentations. They've got the largest catalog of Blickman products on the web, and their staff is some of the best trained in the biz using Blickman products. They offer top-notch customer service and same-day shipping on many items. Go check them out at greatfermentations.com. Also, be sure to like them on Facebook, GR8 Fermentation, and find them on Instagram and Twitter at GR8 Fermentation, greatfermentations.com. All right, welcome back to the program. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, welcome everybody here uh, to the Hop Grenade. And uh, on the program now, as promised, I've got our, uh, our next guest, Jeff Calloway, the Associate Director of the CSU Fermentation Science and Technology Program. It's a mouthful. You should see how many times you can say that in yeah. a day. <laughs> I had to practice it. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I don't like using notes during the show for some reason. I'm just weird that way. So I have to go through all this stuff ahead of time. And luckily, you're on early enough in the program that I can still spit it out. There's yeah. always FST. So <laughs> you're good. For, oh, yeah. I should just, from, 
for the rest of the show now. It's, F- <laughs> it's FST. <laughs> yes. So let's start with uh, a little bit about yourself before we uh, get into the program, because I'm curious how one even becomes a, the uh, director of a program uh, like that. So did, how did you get into beer? Homebrewing a uh, long, long time ago. So after college, uh, living in Minnesota, and there was a little store there called Northern Brewer. Uh, that, oh, yeah. that, that hosted stuff at like a, a museum of nature and science. So it was like a birthday gift. And my personality, right? Somebody gave me his gift, go take the class, and then just headlong. Okay, like, dove right in. in. Yeah, dove right in. They were a sponsor of ours for years, too, Northern Brewer. So we've worked with them. They were awesome. And it was uh, when I was there, I got a couple of kits and made beer and read, you know, Joy of Home Brewing and sure. Papazian Doubt, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. And then. Um, Came to grad school out here in Colorado, so just kind of get, getting into it and uh, getting a bunch of brews under my belt. And then here, Hops and Berries, the homebrew shop, Colin, the owner, was not as into the kit thing. He's just like, no, no, you don't need kits. Like, okay. come on, some creativity and, like, get after it. And it was just like... In terms of ingredients, oh you mean? Like, don't buy a, an ingredient kit. Exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, design your own recipes, and, you know, we're here to help and do all that. So, um, really just... Uh, so expedited the experience, right, of, of getting into creating recipes and just the whole, the whole process. Um, so for me, it was grad school, and we had a brewing science and technology class. It was a new class on campus uh, when I was in grad school, and I heard about it um, and was like, I have to take that, obviously, right, okay. like everybody else. Um, but I was like the first guy to, to go to meet with the, the professor who was teaching the class. Uh, for, the, for the third year, it was going to be taught. Um, you had to interview. You had to go sit down and go through a whole really? lengthy process. There's all these, you got to have organic chemistry, you know, and just all these requirements and then sure. sit down for an interview after all of that. And he's like, yeah, the graduate students that helped me create this class have graduated. I'm not a brewer. Like, I don't know. So I don't think I'm going to keep this class going. And I was like, that's not acceptable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, well, you're a graduate student. You homebrew. How about you help me teach the class? You run the lab section, which coincidentally enough, easily enough, the system they had was very similar to my homebrew setup so i was like yeah we got this no problem okay uh so he would run he would run the the lecture portion and set up all the field trips and everything and i would run the the lab section and it was amazing i mean it was a it was a it was a hell of an experience um changed my mind of thinking of what i wanted to do um but and we started talking about a program at that time so that was 2007 what was your direction up until that point so uh microbiology so medical microbiology in undergrad thought about medical school and then when you're like under the fluorescent lights, you know, three in the morning and you see some guy making 400 grand, like laying on the couch like this drooling on himself, right? You're like, maybe I don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was like, well, dental school, that's a little better, okay. right? Yeah. And yeah. then, uh, so after, after college, I went and worked in a dental office. That's why I was in Minnesota. And then I was like, no, nah, man, it's like a lot of being on stage and like, I mean, getting in people's mouths and doing all that kind of stuff was no big deal for me, but it was a lot of like pretending things to people and I was like no, I don't want to do that you know sure so I don't know what I want to do grad school single worst reason to go to grad school ever uh, <laughs> to not know what you want to do yeah <laughs> yeah uh, but, but it worked out so it landed me here at CSU and then uh, so I was uh, at the time food safety food science microbiology so uh, I was working on developing a rapid detection test for a pathogen listeria monocytogenes so if you don't want to say... Is there a layman's term for that? Like, does anybody know what that pathogen is? Uh, it kills you. It's, okay. the, it's the stuff that uh, isn't like ice cream pregnant women. That's why, they, like, deli meats. It's uh, a really bad one uh, because 
it can it can sit in your system for 60 days. You have no idea. Wow. But, but really bad for pregnant women is the is the. But it has a really high mortality rate, like 20 percent of people. Wow. Um, but in any case, uh, so we started talking about having a degree program in 2007, and the faculty advisor was like, well. Uh, or the professor, right, who was running the class, Jack Evans, Crazy Jack, who actually just retired this last year, but um, was like, starting a new degree program is not something that happens often on campuses. Like, it's, sure, it's not just here at the department. There's the college, the university, the board of governors, all all this stuff. It just takes forever, so it's not going to happen. Wow. And at that time, the industry was like, we have people like wanting, like banging on our door to come work for free. Why do we? Why do? Why do we need this? Oh, that's interesting. I would have thought, even though that's the case. Uh, that they that there's so many people willing to intern and volunteer that they would still rather to have rather have an educated workforce. Yeah, but I mean, so this is ten, eleven, twelve years ago, right? Okay. And so things were just a little bit different. It was easier to like poach talent from other places. It was just like, well, whole degree program that seems a little excessive. Plus, we had this this class, right? And so those people, the, the rose colored glasses were clarified a little <laughs> bit, right? Those were people figured out that brewing isn't hanging out in shorts and sandals and like, woo, let's just drink beer all day. Yeah. Like there's a lot of cleaning. That's, that's kind of, they, they really, I mean, that was kind of what they figured out. Like this is a lot of cleaning. Sure. Um, and so the people that went through the class and still were motivated and fired up, right. That was enough. Like having that one class. Um, so I, I finished grad school, moved away, got into biotech. So it was fermentation, but it was, um, continuous fermentation. It was more pharmaceutical. Okay. Um, I was making, I don't know if this is ironic or not, but I was making an organism that's called uh, Megasphera, uh, which is um, actually a beer spoiler. Uh, but, it's ah. organ- but I was growing this organism intentionally. Uh, it was for the food animal market, right? So for, it's basically probiotics for cattle. Okay. Ruminants. So anyway. I assume you didn't know at the time that it was a beer spoiler. Well, I did because I was a very active brewer. Oh, okay. Uh, so, but, but for me, it was, but it was, it was a super awesome, well-paying job. And sure. I got to create this production facility in the lab and everything else. It was, it was an amazing experience, which actually informed a lot of what the program does now. So okay. I, I just learned an incredible amount there. Needing to hire people that had some scientific acumen, right? So yeah, I can work in a lab. I can work with microbes, being sanitary, right? And, and we were engineering this stuff by the seat of our pants, right? So we're, we're using kegs. Like I was autoclave, like in a big hospital, auto, like autoclave, yeah. making up media in half, first six barrel kegs and then half barrel kegs and sterilizing it in an autoclave and okay. like making sterile transfers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so hiring people that could, that could operate that way, but also in a production environment, right? So you yeah. have boilers and just all these other things, right? Valves and instruments and automation. And it was really hard to find people that could, kind of walk both of those lines. And okay. so super frustrating as uh, somebody was hiring people, right? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, come back to grad school. Um, or no, sorry. So finish that. I then came back to Colorado. Um, my wife was a professor and we were in Kansas, didn't like it. Came back to Colorado, met up with that professor again, had a beer and he's like, guess what? The um, department head charged the food science faculty with pick an area and make an impact. Huge success of that brewing science class. Mm-hmm. We literally had people set to go to vet school, med school, et cetera, right? Last semester of their undergraduate, they take this class, and they're like, no, I think... Wait, okay. Just, I mean, passion-inducing, right? That, that's, I'm sure that's not, not new to you, right? You've yeah. seen that tr- tremendously, I'm sure. Um, so maybe some parents not super happy, but a lot of people <laughs> that were really right. fired up, right? Yeah, they were on the path to making money, and now <laughs> they make beer. 
Yes, but they're all the happier for it. That's so, true. Um, so, so, so it impacted students in a tremendous way, right? And the industry was hiring a lot of people coming out of this class. Um, and so, like, okay, well, they're happy. Um, the university should do a little bit more. We're the land-grant university in Fort Collins, Colorado, which even, you know, many years ago that, that meant something in, in the beer world, right? That's not, that's not new. Uh, so we should do more as the land-grant university. Like, we owe more. Um, so the success of the brewing science class, the growth of fermented foods, like in the markets, right? So mm-hmm. the traditional sauerkraut, kimchi, and just fermented veggies and everything sure. else. Um, plus the growth of um, the microbiome, right? Gut health. Um, that was around around that time where you really were starting to hear that, and it was taking off. So tremendous research opportunities. So those three things, it was like, okay, we have this opportunity, not just brewing, right? But uh, we have we have that pretty well in the bag with our with uh, the connections we had by that time, plus the food, plus the the research side. Like, sure, this is a go. Um, nothing moves quickly at a university, okay. so it was three years of paperwork, um, and then that's which. A lot of serendipity for, for me in this whole program, coming back just in time for like, right. okay, we've got all the paperwork done. So three years of paperwork. Now I come back. Um, and, and, yeah, what did you do for a living during that three years? Were you now a, a paid to create the program too? or So it was during that time that I was doing the biotech You stuff. were still there. Okay. So I was going, get, going and getting all of that experience. Um, and then came back to Colorado and was going to try doing the stay at home dad thing. Yeah. Which I sucked at. It was not, not okay. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. um, that was, your wife's like, this isn't working. <laughs> she, she was gone. It was like, it was like, we both can't have jobs where we're gone like a hundred hours a week, yeah, you know? Yeah. So it was like, okay, I'll stay home. I'm not, not good for me. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, so maybe if I go back to graduate school. Right. And that was sort of the deal. Like as long as I get paid enough to, um, cover daycare. Right. And I'm not like costing the family money. Okay. It's okay. It's a good, it's an okay deal. Um, so, I met up with that with that professor and was like, hey, I'm back in town, and you know what's going on? Hey, we are going to get this program up and going. I'm pretty sure the Board of Governors, which is kind of our ultimate ruling entity at the university, um, is going to approve the program, come back, and get a PhD with me and, and help get the program going. Okay. Like, yeah, I suck at being the stay-at-home dad I thing. I can do so that, yeah. Let's make this happen. So I did that for a semester, um, tried writing grants and doing all that. Um, but again, all that experience that I had – from the biotech company, mm-hmm. um, I started being invited to go do visits uh, once the program was approved, right? They couldn't raise any money or do anything until the program was approved. And the Board of Governors fast-tracked the program. So okay. we had wanted it. So this was January 2013 when they approved it. We had wanted it to start in August 2014. Give you a little time to yeah. actually get everything built out, right? Um, I said nothing happens quickly to university. This is the one time I'm aware of. Except that. Where they're like, let's fast-track this program. Like, I didn't know that vernacular existed here. Yeah. Uh, so they're like, August 2013. Okay. So August 2013, the program is going to start. We have no facilities. Like, we have, like, nothing, right? Wow. Um, and so it's like, okay, and this is January. Go quick. So uh, I start tagging along with the dean and the, and the development staff and all that along to breweries um, and, and, and fermentation companies, right, asking, like, hey, can you want to invest in the program and mm-hmm. be, be a part of this, that kind of thing. Uh, and so they're asking questions that, I mean, the dean was like, I, I don't know. Uh, right. Uh, and I'm like, I got a vision. Let me, let me tell you what sure. I think. Um, and by this time, the brewing industry has grown enough to realize the importance of, of having a lab in the brewery, for example, and someone who knows how to use it and how important biology is to beer. So yes. I, I, it's, I would imagine that now when you go to these breweries, they're like, oh, yeah, we are interested in helping. Exactly. So before where they had a bunch of time and like, hey, we, you know what? We can bring people in and just train them. Mm-hmm. Now they're like. 
we're so backwards. We have so much to do. Like, we can't afford to screw up even one batch. Right. right. Like, and, and they would tell me, like, we have people who are, like, retired from Wall Street now. They made, you know, made all their money. And they're like, nah, I just want to hang out and, like, brew beer now. And they're like, nope, no yeah, thanks. Yeah. Like, we're not interested. Uh, we need people that know what's going on. We understand the science and can function in a production facility. I mean, this is, this is manufacturing, right? So, Which is back to kind of what you said you were learning in, in your job in, in biotech is that it's not just one thing. It's a production facility. So now you, you have this avenue to help people learn that whole. Yeah. And, and I loved that startup experience. Like startup to me, I was like, this is glorious. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's not just managing and the day to day, like it was every day is different and it was super wild and a lot of fun. Um, it was once things got to like, okay, now it's just operational. And I was like, this is really boring. Um, at the biotech company. Yeah. So now I was like, this is a whole nother level of startup, right? Like sure. on the university, um, we knew we wanted to have a brewery. It, ca- it became pretty clear that quickly we were going to have two breweries on campus and like having those built. And that's not common. Um, right. So there's, there's been a, been a whole lot going on there. Uh, so it was like, yeah, okay. So, um, going on those visits and they were like, okay, here's somebody that can at least be at every meeting and kind of help out. So I started over that summer. They're like, Hey, why don't you work for us as like a liaison, right? Somebody that okay. can go to all the meetings and just kind of organize, keep everybody in the loop, all the faculty, keep everybody sure. in, in track. So you were an interpreter, essentially. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of what the beer the beer industry was talking about, or any of the yes. fermentation industry. Industry liaison. Yeah. That was my that was my first kind of title, <clears throat> yeah. um, and that's exactly. So it was communicate between the department, the college, and then industry. Okay. Um, and 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 sell a vision, right? Like so they had they had created curriculum and done all the academicy things, okay. right? Okay. But then industry is asking questions like, well, what about in five years? What about this? All this technical stuff um, that I was like, oh, yeah, let me tell you all about I what, you. what I see. Yeah. Um, and so then they're like, okay. And so to answer your question of how do you get into this, I just made this position. It's just sure. <laughs> it sounds one like step it. at a time. It was, so it was industry stuff. And then it was just the way a university works. Suddenly, like, I'm the beer guy, right? And yeah. so, like, anything about the program, I'm going to all the meetings. You, you just get known. Um, and then just don't totally suck at your job, right? <laughs> sure. Like, answer emails. It just becomes to people. You're, you're the guy. And, like, go do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then it's just like, well, you're the guy we need. You're the guy that can answer questions. And a university, right, is made up of a whole bunch of people that uh, – Everybody tells you no, everything is illegal. Yeah. But if you just keep asking, are you sure? Can you check on that? Yeah. Eventually, even if it's a couple of years later, yeah, I guess we could do that. Right. <laughs> that so, makes sense. I'm that guy that's stupid enough to just keep trying. <laughs> keep asking. And now the program is, it's only four years old, it sounds like. It is four years old. Uh, so August 2013 is when we started. So okay. um, And it's a bachelor program? Bachelor's of Science. Undergrad. Yep. So you're seeing some of your first graduates. We started seeing graduates quite quickly. Okay. Uh, so, the, and this is where I, where I was not joking before we started the program where I can talk for hours about this because there's so much nuance. Um, but many of our degree programs, so there's a couple of the students here, right? These guys uh, from the Fermentation Society, quick shout out to them. The Studying hard tonight. I like it. Absolutely. Extra credit. Yeah. Um, so they're all um, transfer students. So they came in. They've already had lives, careers, other things. Okay. They come in. They came, you know, for this degree. And so they're coming in. And that's not abnormal. So uh, we had 28 new students last fall. Uh, Ten of them were the traditional students, right? Coming in, freshmen that you would normally think. 18 were transfers. So that could mean that they're already on campus coming from another degree. I see. They're coming from community college or, in our case, right, military and just people coming from anywhere around the country and, like, I want to get into this industry and right. seeing this is the way to do it. That makes sense. And if I understood you right, it's 
it's really all kinds of fermentation. So obviously we're focusing on the beer side because that's, that's what we do here. But the fermentation science, could it could be biotech that they're learning to do. It could, they, there could be any sort of focus from it, or is it? do, right. do you feel like it's more of a brewing program? So, so there is a distinction. We are um, fermented foods and beverages. So okay. we're in the Department of Food Science and Human Nutrition. I understand. So it's that event. So there is, there is biotech stuff uh, on campus, but that's not our program. It's okay. all the, as I had mentioned, right, the, the beer the fermented foods, and then the microbiome, the gut health stuff. So okay. all very, very food-related. But, but beer is far, far and away the biggest interest from students um, and industry. These are, the, these are the contacts, right, that we've been since 2005 that we've been working with. So, right. you know, Peter Buchard, who you've had on here, right? Yeah. So, like, he uh, was, was paramount in, in creating the program. Um, one of our industry advisory board members, people like Doug Odell, right, that we've been brewing with him at Odell um, since 2006, the first year they didn't get to go brew there, but since then we've been brewing nice. uh, on his pilot system and, 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 and a host of others. So we know the brewing industry really, really well. Sure. Um, plus, it's a fantastic model. So even if you want to go into cheese or other things, right, what we're teaching, so, I mean, thermodynamics, right, pumps, automation, just all this science and technology – Beer is a pretty awesome model because you think you're learning about beer, right? But, again, we're teaching you all these physics and engineering and all this other right. stuff, and you're pretty fired up and motivated about it. And we have people from the industry teaching a lot of the higher-up classes. We have an IBD master brewer that okay. teaches our foundational class. We have uh, a world-class brewing engineer uh, teaching our kind of applied engineering class, right? We have people from New Belgium. Uh, we have head brewers. Uh, so like Lindsay Cornish, right, from, who's a Horse and Dragons, now at 3-4, teaches one of our classes. Excellent. Um, and so that, that's like they run the entire courses plus the guest lectures that we have. Sure. Um, so you're getting so much industry involvement. So it sounds like the vast majority of the students will, will probably go into the, to the beer industry, or are you noticing them splitting off into other fermentation? It, it's, an, it's an interesting match, right? A lot of people come in all fired up about beer, yeah. and then they'll leave and, and go somewhere else, okay. uh, quality labs, that sort of thing. Because they saw the paycheck. Th- there's the paycheck, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, this actually isn't for me, which is, which is a win. Mm, like, mm-hmm. what, so, like I said, so many, we have people that are on their seventh degree. I'm not kidding. I have <clears> a wow. guy who's going to start the program here soon who has a Ph.D., uh, a JD, he's a lawyer right now, okay. um, and he's going to come back and get another bachelor's, right? And then I said other people that have several degrees, PhDs in engi- you know in engineering, sure. Um, so it's 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 pretty it's pretty wacky, yeah. And the people coming back, um, but so you- when students come out, also they they've obviously learned the the science of fermentation and and the biology that goes on there. But it sounds too like they've they've learned engineering, they've learned how to run operations, they they know about the equipment before they ever step into a a professional, uh, at least a job at a commercial brewery. It's, yep. it's in other words, it's. I, I think a lot of, uh, especially uh, home brewers who go to open up a brewery, it's, <laughs> you know, it's not actually this way as much as it was when we started this show like right. 13 years ago, where they would go in sort of blindly and not realize that what you really are is an engineer and a scientist. Um, so much more. Right. But so anyhow, still a, a, a program like that gives somebody, it sounds like, an entire uh, education about how the brewery runs. You get an exposure, or is, right? Or is we, built, or we only have so much time with them, so we're, we're we're exploring a lot of ways to to add value and give even even more deeper information. But you get exposed to that. Our catchphrase is "field to foam." Okay, all right. The field, so all the raw materials, obviously, something to do with the, the earth somewhere, right? Plus a nod to our land grant university thing, kind of the agrarian school. Nice. And then we cover the entire supply chain, right up through. I mean, 
what we're having right here, right? The foam in the glass. Got it. Um, but then all of the support infrastructure, right? Kind of the fish bones, if you will. So centrifuges, valves, all the engineering. I mean, all of that stuff. There's suppliers everywhere, right? So sure. um, the industry for us is this it's a big beast. It's not just the production facility. Got it. Um, and so they get exposed to all of that. What we don't want. So, so many of these people coming back to get degrees with us, right? Exactly. They get a degree in communications or, you know, geology, whatever it is. They go out and get a degree, get a job. And then they're like, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Not what I wanted. I don't want people graduating from this program going out in the industry. Like, eh, it's not what I thought it was. Okay. So they're, they're definitely going into brewing and, and all over, um, all over brewing at, at every level. Some are just hucking sacks of grain and loving it. Sure. And others are supervisory level for some of the biggest breweries in the world. Okay. Right. And then, and then everything in between. And there's people, go, a lot of distilleries, Distill, distilling is quite big. So a lot of people going there and then food stuff and then quality labs. I uh, see, Got like it. you say, a lot of people quite, in, you get into the sciences, the university, it makes sense that like the research and, and all the, you know, the instrumentation, that stuff gets pretty sexy. So Sure. And in a short time, you guys have become a renowned, you know, brewing program, I would think. So you, out where I'm at in California, the, the U, I'm near UC Davis, mm-hmm. and they have a long-running uh, brewing program oh, yeah. there. Um, there's some others. Uh, but you guys, in a, in a very short time, and I would think um, not only because of the expertise that we've learned about from you, you know, that you brought in, but Fort Collins kind of specifically, right, with all of these mainstays, you, you know, New Belgium has done so much for the industry, Odell, like you mentioned, and then all the small ones. I guess I'm just saying that also fast-tracked the program to becoming so successful, I would think. Absolutely. Well, and that, or that, robust. That, that is our success. I mean, that, that is why we're successful. That, that's why you come to this program, the access. Uh, so you, you get to go brew beer with Doug O'Dell. You get to have a beer with Peter Bucart. You could do all yeah. these things as part of the program, uh, and there's tremendous value there. Plus the field trips we do. Yeah, you're brewing in industry as part of your classes, right? Okay. And then th- they're coming into you. You're going to field trips. You're getting to do special projects with, with breweries, with uh, the, mal- the, malster- the malsters that we have around here, right? Sure. Like, I mean, that's, um, there's just so much industry here, and it's such a supportive community. That, that is truly why we're, why we're successful. And, I mean, Fort Collins was already on the map, so right. um, it, makes, it, it makes good sense. So for us, it's just don't screw it up, really. Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, keep, keep connecting the people, right? Bridge that gap between academia and industry. Academia can screw things up. Like, uh, sure. So don't do that, right? And then keep the industry happy and don't go one way or the other too much. But they've been fantastic to work with, and it's it's a great it's a great um, community to pair. There's a, there's there's a lot of love there, right? Sure. So for us having a TTB certified brewery, right, in our student center. So we we did a big seventy two million dollar renovation in our student center. Wow. Uh, we've had a bar on campus since the late sixties, uh, which you guys are forward thinking. Forward thing. I mean, <laughs> considering Fort Collins was dry until then, right? Like wow, we've yeah. come a long way. Yeah. Um, and so you would think that uh, by having you know the bar on campus and then this huge, beautiful glass pane windows with a big, beautiful copper clad brewery, right? Like, yeah. You would think people would be like, "Oh, parents are going to be all in our administration." The 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 executives that, that run the student center is like, "Nope, we got this. It's uh, this is a legit industry. Like the the program is is demonstrating the." Um, the scientific technology, you know, kudos to all of this. So it's, it's good. This is legitimate. It's real. We don't have to hide behind sure. any of this. So we're just extremely fortunate. So when you say that the brewery also is, is TTB certified, you guys can produce and sell the beer mm-hmm. on campus. Can you send the beer off campus to accounts? I don't know what license you might have. We, well, so we have a brew pub license, um, okay. and we get, we get asked that. Yeah. Uh, and Colorado's weird licensing, right? I had to go to the state legislature for our other brewery to get exemption stuff for our smaller brewery. But um, So I, I get asked that all the time. Like, 
you guys, right? Hop green and be like, hey, we want to have some of your beer on tap. And, and I get that from restaurants and I say, thanks. Right. But instead, how about you, if you want to have a CSU tap, that's awesome. And work with our local industry partners. And then you can have like, we'll do collaboration beers with like, say, New Belgium, Odell, whatever, all the people in town. Got it. That's what we'd rather do. So we're not going to compete. And there's been historical news stuff, right, where when, they were, when we were first having the brewery on campus, there were university officials saying how we were going to dump the beer, right? And then you get Doug O'Dell going in the newspaper like, well, that's a waste. Yeah, right? you're going to do ridiculous. what? Yeah. Like, no. Like, we want to be shoulder to shoulder with, with um, our industry partners, right? So Old Aggie, right, that New Belgium's making, and that benefits our program. Some of the proceeds come back to support the university and our program specifically. Like, they want to see their beer right next to the beer that the students are making. Sure. That, that's a draw. But we're not going to be out in town competing for yeah. space. But and I was submit beer to GABF and all that. Yeah, festivals. You yeah. can do all that. That's excellent. And that's more what I was thinking of as kind of on a special of, of event basis where uh, yeah. we know about certain students maybe maybe making beers at the same time. It'd be nice to have them on tap, have the students be able to come in and, and, and drink their beer at a, at a commercial location, things like that. Totally. And that's what we do now. So every, every single semester I mentioned with Odell, we'll rebrew. Um, so basically the, the first beer that the students get to brew in this brewing science class, uh, the first beer they brew on campus, they then scale up and they get to go brew it at Odell. So that's every semester. And cool. so we do a big tapping party at Odell and then it's usually on tap at our bar on campus. And then sometimes like the mayor or other places end up getting them. So Got it. that, that, that stuff is easy. Um, getting some of the other beer like that, that's possible. We have a lot of students that go out and do, um, independent studies, internships, all sorts of stuff with industry and campus or, or industry, sure. um, campus relationships. Uh, we do stuff with, we did something with whole foods once where, uh, there were several breweries around town and with, with superfoods and the whole thing. Right. And so there was the whole thing. Students brewed beer, at all these different breweries. And then people went around and tasted them all. Oh, cool. There was a whole experience. So there's tons of opportunity Got it. To, to get student beer. And then at the end of the day, Pretty soon, once the brewery's open, you can come to the Ramskeller and right. <laughs> have some right from the horse's mouth. Where can people go to find more information if they're interested in the program? Uh, our website is not awesome right now. Okay. Uh, again, university bureaucracy, but it's doable. So fermentation.colostate, C-O-L-O state, dot E-D-U okay. is one spot. And then my contact information is, is on there. Honestly, uh, getting a hold of me is probably just the easiest way to get whatever information you want. Okay. Um, but uh, there's, there's some information on the website. And then um, okay. Googling all of the, the interviews we've done and, and the, the news stories and whatnot. You'll find everything. You'll find it there. A couple of things I'm curious about before we go is I'm curious about this associate director <laughs> title. And yeah. especially after listening to, this inter- listening to you describe the program and how involved you are. Sure. I guess I'm just wondering why the associate part is in the front, and it's not just director. You sound like you're running the show over there. I uh, so fundraising is a part of it, right? I need to fundraise that director position. That's the the bottom uh, line. But so I see. I was the the industry liaison. I was the director of industry outreach, um, and then associate director was something. The university doesn't like people just calling themselves director. I see. Um, so is there? And I get that sometimes. Like, well, can I talk to the actual director of the program? And you're like, well, like, eh. you can, and you are. <laughs> so here I am. Um, they just don't want your ego getting too big, or uh, it's. Uh, I, I guess I, I I need to get the industry to pay for a position, and then uh, got and, it. Endow it, and then like, there's the director position. Now this then... makes sense to me. Okay, <laughs> this all makes it all comes back down to that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. But it, it's good. So at the end of the day, it's a little it's, – it's wonky, but yeah. I don't care what you call me. Like, it we're, doesn't we're sound it like you care. And I didn't mean it that way because you're, you're obviously passionate about this program, have built it from the ground up in, in those ways. I just – I thought it was an interesting uh, 
title <laughs> is all. <laughs> it, it is, and uh, unfortunately, I'm not actively in the brewing industry right, where I just get to create my own yeast rancher, director <laughs> of fun, or whatever type thing. But, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. My hands are a little tied, but yeah, it's all good. We can give you one of those honorary titles here at the Hop Grenade if you want. I would um, love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll think of something good for you. And thank you guys for helping us. So we've been borrowing this room, right? So we're doing something big with the industry. We, we do a lot of different things, but we're hosting a big liquid arts forum is what it's called. So we're bringing industry and um, basically researchers on campus together, zippering them together is the, the lingo we're using. Excellent. Um, but basically identifying needs in the industry with research expertise on campus, right? So it's this whole big thing we're hosting, and we've been, been hijacking your guys' space. Great. So we, we appreciate it, so thank you very much. We love it. Look, if it makes for better future beer, that's what the Brewing Network has always been about. So the Hop Grenade is now just an extension of that. So Same our here. place is your place, and if, you, you get, if it's a meeting of the minds in here, it makes me proud. I'm excited about that. Well, thank you. So... And I think our very own Savannah is uh, is on the board of that. She with you guys is on too. the steering committee with us, and she's helping Steer, okay. us make this awesome. So absolutely, she's pretty good. Sometimes she might help out. I've enjoyed her company so far. She's awesome. <laughs> Savannah's amazing, actually. So I'm um, glad she got involved with you. Thank um, you. Jeff, thanks for being on the show with us. I appreciate it. Cheers, Justin. All right. So if you're looking for a good brewing school, you can go, uh, especially if you're here in Colorado. you got a, a, a great school right at home or uh, anywhere from the country. As a new uh, Fort Collins uh, part-time resident, I can vouch that this is a pretty damn cool place to live. So even if you're just coming to go to school for a couple of years, I would recommend CSU. Don't tell too many people. Yeah, you need. <laughs> is the program pretty uh, maxed out? Or do you guys have a wait list? Or so we're Land Grant University. I can't actually wait list anybody. We have to accept everybody. So as long as you make it through organic chemistry, biochemistry, microbiology, physics, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Th- then yes, like you're in. Um, but yeah, we're full, and I'm, I'm. That's a lot of my work right now. Is is revamping the curriculum, making it better and accommodating more people without losing uh, what the awesomeness of, you know, the benefit of having an IBD master brewer teaching a class, right? Like, yeah. Uh, we can't lose that. So Sure. Uh, but this is a challenge. It's just going to keep growing for you, not just because, you know, as you say, don't tell too many people, but just the industry as a whole, uh, you know. Well, and so for me, it's make the program harder, make okay. it more challenging. So yeah. I, I don't, I don't, the university wants me to graduate more people, obviously. Okay. Not my goal. My goal is just graduate the best people to go out into the industry. So I'm going to keep the number, like, just make it hard enough to just keep these certain number of people coming out right? sure. uh, in, in the industry. But we're not, we're not just graduating head brewers. They're not clones, right? Like, if you, you can come into the program thinking you're going to graduate and be Peter, Peter Buchart, but you're right. not going to be. Right? It's not like, going to yeah. Maybe in 20 years. Right. Uh, so there's this whole other industry, this whole field of foam concept we get you trained up on. So, yeah. Yeah, I would think that the, you get a couple of those students that come in thinking they're going to be Peter Bucart and you have to take them down a notch uh, before you get them graduated. You show them a few things, take them to some breweries, get them brewing. And yeah, absolutely. They figure it out pretty quick. Especially the homebrewers coming in, right? I've been homebrewing for years. I know what's happening. Uh, I've already got the science background. There's always one in the bunch. That's uh, We show you what you don't know, so yeah, it's awesome. that's perfect. Well, I appreciate you being on the program and uh, giving us some insight into it. Uh, like I said, if you're interested, go check them out over at the CSU website. And uh, it's a great place to live and a, a great place to learn. And damn, do we have good beer here in Fort Collins. Cheers, man. Yeah. All right, well, that's going to do it for us today from the Hop Grenade. I think I'm back next month for another show. Um, I'm pretty sure we have Troubadour Malting. Um, Chris, all right. It's a local malting company. Yep. Um, and a few breweries are working with them. So I'm excited about that uh, guest on our next show. 
uh, there's just so much stuff going on here for us to talk about. So uh, it's been fun. So uh, pay attention to the website, thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, I'll let you know when that show's happening and the exact guest details. And, um, yeah, we'll be back. Don't forget this show is brought to you by More Beer. You can go to morebeer.com right now and check it out, and they're a great place to get started homebrewing like both of our guests did today. And uh, who knows, you might invent the next CSU or the next other brewing program, I should say. (laughs) Uh, All right. My name's Justin. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we'll see you next time on the Brewing Network.